talk about today, our talents. God has given us all precious talents. Um, I sat down there while I stood, I was praying and worshipping God. And every now and then I'll look at Tom. And I'll be like, how does he do it? How does he drum and sing? And sometimes, well, he didn't know I was looking at him. But as he was showing up, he would close his eyes and worship and he would be drumming. I'm like, man, you know, I wish I had that talent. And then I'm going to hear God say, well, you've got your talent. And yours is precious. All right. Um, today is going to be very interesting because... Um, I'm going to share a word I believe God has laid in my heart. And unlike previous occasions, I'll usually make some notes and things. I've got no notes today. So as Pastor Ross said, fix your eyes on Jesus. And, you know, Jesus loves you. If you get nothing else, you're like, just go back. And they're like, Jesus loves me. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. Yeah, so um, who knows? We might just be it. Sermon might be five days long. We'll just go with the flow. <laughs> All right, so let's pray. So, Lord Jesus, we just want to invite you. Yes, Lord, we fix our eyes on you. We invite you, Holy Spirit. I submit myself to you. I just ask that as I open my mouth, you will speak through me. And that hearts will be blessed. Your word would flow through me, O Lord. Father, you know the hearts of everyone present here, those listening online. And I just say, Lord... Let no one go home without being ministered to today. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, so I did make one or two points, so I'm going to open this up so I can refer to it every now and then. But it's just going to be me and the Bible. So we're going to read scripture and we're going to let the Holy Spirit you know, tell us a thing or two from scripture. Um, so I'm going to open to Nehemiah, the Old Testament. Yeah, like four Psalms. You can find it. It's Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 3. And I'm not going to read all of chapter 3. Basically, um, for those of you who aren't too familiar with the story of Nehemiah, um, this was at a point where he was trying to rebuild the world the walls of um, the wall of Jerusalem, the Jerusalem wall, basically. The Israelites had been in exile, the walls crumbled, and they're now trying to rebuild it. So um, I'm going to read verse chapter 3, which talks about builders of the wall. It's actually titled in here as builders of the wall. This is the NIV version. So like I said, I'm not going to read all of it. Um, if you're reading along with me, maybe you can look out for any reference to... Um, a stonemason, a carpenter, any of the key people that you'd need when it comes to building a wall, yeah? So let's read. I'm going to read, um, so I'm going to read verse 1, 3, 8, 9, 10, 12. So anyway, just follow along. Um, so I'll go on. Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. So I'll read that, I'll read that again, actually. Eliashib, the high priest and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. Verse 3. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Now, I did say I was going to skip a few because a lot of it tells about the sons of, you know, someone who 
contributed. So this is the one who, I'll just use this as a, to represent all the other sons in there. So we have a high priest. We've got the sons of Hasana. Then he tells us, Uziel, Uziel, son of Hahiah, repaired the next section. And Hananiah, one of the perfume makers, made repairs next to that. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Raphaiah, son of Hur, ruler of the district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section. I like this one. Shalom, son of Halohesh, ruler of a half district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters. And the temple servants living on the hill of Ophel made repairs up to the point opposite the water gate towards the east and the projecting tower. Next to him, Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah, the guard of the east gate, made repairs. And the final verse 32. And between the room and between the room above the corner and a sheep gate, the goldsmiths and merchants made repairs. So that's the last chapter, the last verse in um, Nehemiah chapter three. But if you actually read through all of all of Nehemiah chapter three, there wasn't a single mention or reference to a carpenter or to a mason, or a stonemason, or you know anyone who you'd naturally think to be in the trade of building a wall. Um, so one of the things I put out here, in case you've missed it, I picked out 11 people, different types of people that were listed. None was a bricklayer, none was a carpenter. So we had a high priest, we had so many sons. We had a goldsmith, a perfume maker. We had royalty, so there were a couple of princes in there. We had daughters, I love that one. We had Levites, we had priests from nearby. So not only did they have their high priest, yeah, they had priests from nearby. They had temple servants, a guard, and merchants. So, I mean, these are not your average people to build a wall, but they were willing. They were willing to give of what they had inside of them. Yeah, and if you, again, refer to the scripture, it talks about them not building the entire wall, but they all built little sections, you know, and then next to him, he built, and he built the corner of the... In fact, there's one that said it built a dung gate. So we had the fish gate, people that built the fish gate, the sheep gate, the dung gate, and so on and so forth. But they all focused on their little bits, you know, and that's what they had to give. And they gave it their all. They acted in obedience. They, were act, they didn't just obey, but they gave what they had in obedience to doing their little bit for that goal. So that, that's one of the messages I'm trying to put out, that we've got that talent, we've got that gift. They were willing to give their skill and their time. So, sorry, I said they were willing to give their time whether they had skills or no skills for building the walls. It, no, it doesn't really talk about their skills. I just found in Smith, a perfume maker, will be building a wall. You know, but they did, and they achieved that goal. You know, um, I don't know if any of them ever thought, I've never done this before. All I do is make perfumes, you know, smelling stuff. I don't know how to put stones together to make a wall. They went out, and who knows what 
sort of tasks they did. But whatever they did, they did it together and the wall was built. You know, you might not be prominent. You might not feel prominent in the house of God or in your, in your, you know, your different spheres of life. But you are significant. And you shouldn't let anyone tell you any different. So, my day job is drawing, designing, detailing buildings. So I know a thing or two when it comes to putting walls together. Um, and your standard or your average wall construction in the UK, you might not know about, I'm glad to be enlightening you now, it has three layers. You have sign brick, it could be other materials. You have an inner layer, which is um, a cavity. Sometimes you put it insulation, sometimes there's no insulation. And then you've got the inner bit, which is the bit we can all see when you're in a building. But these are three layers of a wall that really can't stand on their own. So there is something known as a cavity wall tie. Yeah? It's no bigger than the length of a toothbrush. Yeah? But you have no idea just how significant that tiny cavity wall tie is. Because I can assure you, we've all heard about the fuel scarcity or the you know, fuel shortages and we all panicked. If there is a shortage in supply of cavity wall ties, it will hit the headlines, I can assure you, because it is that significant when it comes to putting a wall together. But up until a few minutes ago, I hadn't even heard of a cavity wall tie. So, you know, you might think, oh, I'm so insignificant. You're not. You might not be out there, you know. You might not have those fantastic drumming skills, Tom. But you are still very, very significant. Um, I will open to another passage because, like I did say, today is, today's topic is your talent. Your talent is precious. And I'm sure some of you will be thinking, ah, she's going to read about the parable of the talents, right? And I am. I will not disappoint you, so I will go to, I think, I'm going to go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 25. Okay, and I'm going to read from verse 14. So I'm reading from NIV, like I said. Um, so verse 14 says, Again, it will be like on a journey. You know, what will be like a man? Um, if you have King James Version, it says it starts with something like, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man going on a journey. So it there is the kingdom of heaven. So it will be like a, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. Right, so like I said, we're just going to go through scripture and sort of break it down as we go along. So, um, it was like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. So, who is this man? Who is this man? This man is Jesus. Yeah, because it does say, for the kingdom of heaven, and it's a parable, so obviously it's not quite literal. Um, so, the man here in this passage is actually Jesus. Who are the servants? So who are his servants? His servants are you and me. 
His servants are followers of Christ. He called his servants and entrusted his property to them. I'm sure you all know what I'm going to say about property, right? So he's given them a gift. He's, he's entrusted his kingdom to us. He's, he's entrusted his word. He's, he's entrusted all of those things to us. So let's read on, verse 15. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Each according to his ability. So that means that we are all given, we've all been given talents, we've all been given gifts. You know, you all have hidden treasure inside of you. But God has not just given the gifts or the same kind of talents or in the same quantity. He gave one five, one two, and again he gave one one. He's given us all something, but, you know, according to our abilities, because he knows us and he said he wouldn't give us more than we can handle. So rather than sit down there saying, oh, I wish I could, sorry, I was going to say I wish I could drum, but that's telling myself. So rather than sit down there sort of coveting other people's talents and gifts, you know, remember the Bible also tells us that to whom much is given, much is expected. You know, so when you're here wishing you've got Pastor Giles' swag or you think you can worship like Pastor Ross, I'm like, those people have a big calling on their lives and much is expected from them. So, you know, I'm happy doing my little thing because maybe not much is expected from me, you know, like them. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's that. You've got to really hone in on what's that God's given to me? What's that talent? You know? Um, so I'll read on anyway. Um, sorry, I'll start again from 15. So to one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. He went on his journey. Yeah, we all know Jesus came. He died. He resurrected. He's now ascended to heaven, and that's the journey. Because he is going to come back. But right now, he's on that journey. Yep. So, then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also, the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who received the one talent went off dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. (laughs) See, before a lot of you turned up, we have PA. And for those of you watching online, you know, we've got people behind the screen and they had to check that my mic was on. I was actually told to push it down so that we can hear you talk, not hear you breathe. All right, okay. Pushed it down. So hopefully you can hear me talk. You're not hearing my breathing. Um... And also, you know, the lighting is here. We've got the people that do all of that. We've got the people that do the lighting as well. So for those of you online, if I move to the end of the wall, they'll probably tell me, um, end of the stage, they'll probably tell me off after church. But they would push the camera around to make sure it gets to me. You know, because that's their little talent. That's their skill. Well, that's what they've committed to do. That's what they've been willing to do. 
and that's what they're doing. You know, sometimes I go, well, I don't really have any good talent. You know, I just stay at home and I bring up the children. Well, you know what? You're setting the right foundation for your children. You're trying to give them your time. You're committing to them. You're trying to instill that, you know, the best foundation for your children. Oh, you might know I'm a professional and I really don't have time for stuff like this. Who says so? You go into your office. You stand there as the light. It might be the way you say hello when everyone doesn't or how you react under pressure. You know, that's a gift that God's given to you. So just standing here in front of a pulpit and saying uh, is the only way to share God's word. No, 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 that's not it. We've all got different talents. Five, two, one. We've all got talents. And in case you're not even sure, ask yourself, what are those things that people normally compliment me about? Oh, you're so good with children. In fact, parents, they probably go, if you're a parent yeah, and everyone, anyone's told you, you're so patient. Wow, you've got a gift. Because I believe children were put on earth to teach grown-ups patience. So if you naturally, you know, you can tell me how you do it after church, but you know, those are little gifts that you shouldn't just put aside. You know, you can patiently listen to someone complain about one thing for the 15th time and still act like you've heard it for the first time. So what is it? Maybe you're so good at social media. Hey, I went off to... um, I don't know, some funky holiday resort resort, and I had a great time. All right, that's all good. We celebrate with you, or not, if we haven't gone on holiday. But how about, you know, you put a little thing there to say, I thank God for the provision to get there. You know, so you've still got your nice fancy pose, but you've got that little message there. Maybe, you know, hey, I got this bargain from XYZ. Isn't God amazing? I've always wanted it. Couldn't afford full price. Now I've got it. You know, it's, it could be anything, you know, I'm saying. But we all have gifts. So um, let's carry on. Um, so we finished about the one guy who dug up a hole and dug his master's and hid his master's talent. So verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled sorry after a long time the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them he returned he went on a journey yeah now he's returned so in other words jesus is coming back and we all know it But sometimes we feel, oh, yeah, my great-great-great-grandparents said he was coming. And then my great-grandparents, and then my parents. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to come when my great-great-great-grandchildren. I'm good. All right, okay. So maybe he might not come in our lifetime. But we all have a birth. We all have a death day. So it's either Jesus comes now, you know, and we give account, or we get to our death day and we go to meet him. But the fact is, we will get to a point where we can do no more with the talents God has given to us. 
Yeah. After a long time, he came back. So Jesus has given us time. We're still breathing, so we still have time. But we get to our death date or he comes back, whichever happens first. We will get to a point where we can't do anything else other than give account. And then we ask ourselves, what are we going to say? Because remember, he gave each one according to his ability. So you can't quite say, oh Lord, well you gave me so much. You know what my life was like. Oh, well, you gave me had. I really wanted what he had. No. We've all been given things according to our own abilities. Yep. Um, So, verse 20. Or verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now, see, what I found interesting with the five and the two talent thing is the master didn't say, oh, well done, you got me five. You get to sit here. You got two, well done, you come down this way. No, no, no. The, the guy who returned five more and the other one who returned two more were both told, well done, you faithful servant. So it's not necessarily the quantity of what you do, but it's the faithfulness you, to which you do or you, to, to which you use the talent that God's given to you. You've got to be faithful with your natural given talents, with what God's given to you. And you, you know, the fruitfulness will just follow afterwards, sort of naturally. Then the man who had received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, a hard man, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he, and he will have an abundance Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him and throw, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, and it got me wondering, you know, when I read that part, well, when, well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. I think fully understand what that meant, you know. Um, 
And I said, okay, perhaps, you know, God's done so much to your, in your life. And, you know, rather than saying, oh, um, maybe actually, you know, some of us find ourselves so engrossed in religion, the do's and the don'ts. I think oh, God's so rigid. Maybe that's a wrong interpretation of who God is. Or maybe we've had a not-so-pleasant encounter, and so we just labeled, I called on God, he didn't answer me, he's not a nice God, he's mean, he's this and that, and then I'm not going to do anything because, you know, it's almost like a rebel, like, uh, you know, God didn't do this, didn't do this, so I'm not going to do that. You know, these are all talents that we have. And if we don't use them, or these are gifts that God has given to us, and if we don't use them, we will give account as to why. Um, so I will close with one more scripture, and that's in 9. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2 and verse 10 as well. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse 10. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. So, when Jesus called, yeah, he called his disciples. He called them together and then he gave. He called them, he equipped them. And having equipped them, he sent them out. So God's not going to send you out without equipping. I mean, there was somewhere I heard him, um, I read somewhere that he doesn't send the equip, he equips the send. Which now those lines. But he calls, he gives, he equips, and then he sends out. And then, as verse 10 says, when the apostles returned, they were done. So my prayer is that God would um, speak to our hearts. Give us that willingness. That's what the folks in Nehemiah had. They had the willingness. They didn't necessarily have the skills to do the job. But they had the willingness to do it. And whatever role they took while building the wall, they were part of that working team that built that wall in 52 days. So what is that talent God's given to you? It's not too small. It might not be what you, your sort of dream talent is, but it is very significant. Just hand it to God. You're willing. Maybe you're not quite sure what it is. You need him to reveal it to you. Then fine, pray, trust him to, to reveal that to you. And then act in obedience. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word today. We thank you for filling gifts with talent according to our ability we thank you Lord for knowing us inside out to know what we can and can't do Father I just pray for the heart of willingness to be upon all my brothers and sisters those present here those online I pray for the heart of willingness and I just pray Lord that we will be able to trust you to take that first step of faithfulness We'll take that first step. That's all we want to trust you for, that first step. And then the step after that. And then after that, Lord. That we would walk in faithfulness. We would be actively obedient. 
and we would utilize, we will invest the skills and the talents that you've given to us so that when you come and you ret- when you return, when we go to meet you, you can look at us and say, well done, my faithful servant. And I thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Call the band up. Amen. We're going to take communion this morning together, but I'd, uh, I thought it'd be nice if we brought the children back in and yeah, uh, we can have communion as a family. So parents, if you'd collect said children, uh, that would be lovely. And um, communion is uh, something that we do. I think uh, Amina's mic's still on. Sorry. That's all right. I wonder what that was. Communion is something that Jesus instructed us to do. He said, as often as you eat and drink, remember me. Remember what I've done for you. And the, and the bread we, we know symbolizes how his body was broken for us. And these grape juice. Jesus took a cup after that last supper. And he said, this is the blood of my new covenant. And he did this at a time called Passover. And the Jews celebrated Passover because that was when they uh, were delivered from Egypt, from slavery. And it was the Passover that they gathered together and they had uh, a nice lamb kebab with their chili sauce and, uh, well, bitter herbs, pita bread, and roasted lamb, so you know that's a kebab. And uh, part of me wants to do uh, communion like that, do a proper kebab meal, and uh, have that time of fellowship together. Uh, the word Eucharist, which is used in some churches, is is the word uh, uh, fellowship, and uh, communion is um, communion is the word fellowship, and Eucharist.